strike up the lantern. It's the Smashing Pumpcast. I'm Frank Garcia. Halloween. And I'm Splat O Lantern. And it, we're coming to you live. Not live, but we're recording <laughs> on the spookiest day of the year, except for perhaps November 3rd. Uh, Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> Pat, is this, uh, where, where does Halloween fall for you on holiday scale? top i mean yeah. i um i think just through circumstance the last few years well my wife was pregnant last year that's a pandemic this year we have a small child but we're it, i'm excited to have a child now to sort of ramp back into really celebrating halloween a lot because oh, yeah. i love it it's it's the best i love the uh, as as i'm sure many of our fellow pumpkin heads also do it's just you know a day of the year where it's like socially accepted to to dress crazy and to you know where mischief is encouraged and you know <laughs> i think it's just it's I, I love halloween it's 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 number one for me yeah uh you're a notorious little stinker so you love halloween yeah as I've far as stinker, the tricks go i have been a stinker from way back um and uh i actually have a memory of we were talking about zero shirts recently and I didn't have a zero shirt at the time, probably because they weren't even thinking about it. They probably weren't even like, you know, out on the market yet. But I remember Halloween, the year Melancholy came out um, when I was in sixth grade and I was kind of out. It was probably one of the first years where I was like sort of out being a stinker with my friends, you know, just kind of like a gaggle of kids like out on their own. Oh yeah. And I remember having I remember having a shirt <laughs> that's like a stupid kind of touristy shirt that said Arizona from when I visited my aunt in Arizona, but it was black with like white writing and I kind of altered it to say zero on it. <laughs> and I and I just remember like like put like writing zero um in shaving cream on like a car or something like I, I i became the zero character in that moment and it felt great wow you became you you the the moon aligned and you became you were one with the zero yeah and I, i'm guessing halloween is high on your list too oh yeah it's very much high i was just gonna say though uh we should sell this in a merch store uh our own special edition zero shirt <laughs> it initially said arizona <laughs> that, yeah <laughs> an arizona tourist shirt that we've pat has uh painstakingly made into a zero shirt with shaving cream you said uh, I think I used like a Sharpie to kind of write oh, okay. on it, but then I, I think maybe shaving cream too. I, I, For the car. Yeah. We'll um, sell a car, a yeah. zero car as well. Yeah. We, um, we also had somebody comment on our Instagram earlier today that we should ha- sell a t-shirt that says go as Joe, which <laughs> is, right. um, which is what, I mean, I guess it's appropriate for Halloween to bring up go as Joe, you know, oh, yeah. you, I'm probably just going to go as Joe. Yeah. Know? I'm just going to go as Joe. Um, so yeah, if, for those of you who don't know what that reference is, go way, way back to our pre-gish episodes, uh, mm. maybe the demo episodes actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the demo episodes. Um, yeah. Halloween is, uh, yeah. My favorite holiday for sure. And, uh, I, when I moved to New York or when I lived in New York, I, it kind of lost its, uh, its, uh, magic because as you know, Pat, from living in New York, uh, people really ruin the holiday. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like just, just awful. It's just awful uh, around the city, and it's impossible to get home. And it's just, it made it really like kind of lose its magic. I mean, I always just sit at home and watch horror films, or we'll go to a party that a friend throws. But you know, this year is different. I could still do the horror films. Um, but uh, I now that again, like you said, now that we have a kid, uh, it makes it so much more. I like the magic is back. You know, mm-hmm. you just feel excited, and you're just like, oh yeah, you. Because my my daughter, she's only two, but she's really into the Halloween stuff, which is really cool. Um, and- Dude, I had a moment yesterday where I've ne- I I was so we don't really have like the only kind of Halloween de- decoration I have laying around is this sort of just like really chintzy skeleton that I bought last year at the 99 cent store, but it's like a little, it's just tiny, like 
little pla- I just wanted to like hang something outside just to kind of let people know like hey we're a Halloween family <laughs> but so I had this little skeleton that it's got kind of like a like troll doll like rainbow hair and sort of like a clown like piece of clothing on it it's just like a weird one of those weird off-brand like Halloween decorations but I had it hanging in the garage where I'm sitting right now recording and I was gonna go like hang it you know on our door so I was holding uh I was holding her daughter and she I started just sort of like she was like fat, you know interested in the skeleton and like reaching for it and then I started doing just a little cackle and she she's I've never seen her laugh harder she was like more <laughs> delighted by this little skeleton than anything I've ever seen her be delighted by which made me feel very proud yeah it makes me hope that uh i don't know she has yet to she's kind of so so on the pumpkin so far <laughs> you know right, right. for some reason she's really reacted to metallica early metallica but uh when i play <laughs> pumpkins she's just kind of like she she does like a little shimmy to 1979 but that's about oh and then like when i was playing like the b-sides one time like the extra the reissues i forgot what it was it was like glammy or knuckles or one of those like weirder mm-hmm. instrumental you know like extra tracks that she really liked <laughs> so uh yeah she's into the the deep cuts she she's like yeah deep cuts only uh but anyway this is a bonus mini episode that we decided i know it's weird because we literally just did one on sunday (laughs) but that's how much news happened Mm -hmm. between that and today you know uh yeah and we had to we had to because you know the big thing is that they dropped two new singles, but just some other stuff to kind of get out of the way. Or actually, you know what? We'll we'll come back to this other stuff at the end because um, there's a lot of other news other than the singles. But let's go ahead and get into the singles because I want to go ahead and talk about this because there's uh, so much to talk about with the new singles that dropped uh, on the uh, the third clock. I can't remember which number it was. But it's one of the three clocks remaining that were remaining. Uh, and, you know, we got a surprise. We had two new singles, one by the name of Ramona and the other one by the name of Witch. Witch, favorite, yes. favorite um, song title on the whole on the whole track. List. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, not to spoil it, but uh, it's definitely uh, lived up to its name. I think so. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, let's. So there was a Ramona video. But yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to talk? Do you want to? Let's start with Ramona. And yeah. Let's just move start on to which. Yeah. Let's just start with Ramona. The track. We could talk about the video, and then we can move on to which. But yeah, Ramona. What are your thoughts? Initial first reactions to Ramona. Um, I liked it. I think there are. I think the thing that I'm digging a lot about these new tracks is, I feel like I haven't really had time to sort of digest all these new songs from a lyrical standpoint. You know what I mean? But musically, there's just such cool shit going on, and. Ramona and, and which are are no exception, but there's like the the um the drums I I, I thought oh, were yeah. really cool the sort of uh, the keyboard solo as well as that that sustained kind of single drum beat the kind of you know um like like synthy drum or I don't know how you how you describe it but it there's just such like such cool musical playfulness and sort of experimentation going on that's that is new very new sounding but also kind of from 10 steps back like does feel like pumpkins music in a sort of familiar way so i I, you know it it, i don't think it's my favorite track of the whole batch that we have Uh oh out of the eight tracks that we have now yeah i think my top ones are still um uh birch grove and i've really been i've been listening to um ano satana a lot because it bit as i'm listening to the new tracks it's like the next one on the playlist that plays on yeah spotify 
So I think those two are my my top ones so far. But um, yeah, another uh, I think it's another solid track. And um, yeah, what were your thoughts on just the? We'll talk about the video, but what were your thoughts on the the sound? I love it again. Like this just feels so. I'm really excited. There's eight tracks that have been released so far, and I already love it more than I have. I already can tell this is going to, I mean, I know there's still <laughs> 12 more songs to digest, mm-hmm. but I already think this is going to be probably my favorite Pumpkins album since Oceania. Um, yeah, I think yeah. so because it's so, um, you know, I, I agree. I think I already, you know, I think even even when the first two songs came out, yeah. I was like, I think I like this. But this is already doing more for me than like all of shiny and oh so bright volume one but yeah i I totally agree it's like it's it's just so exciting to think about like they really feel like they're moving in a new you know forward yeah it just feels fresh to me and i feel like um and that's no you know it's not to to disparage you know uh shiny one but we know the process that went into shiny one as opposed to the process that went into this and this kind of shows you like if given the time and more thought, it really produces something very interesting. And I, I like the sounds. I love the de- attention to detail. And especially, I really, again, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to sound like a broken record when we talk about these songs, but Katie and Sierra's backing vocals just really add a dimension mm-hmm. to it that are so good. The way that it repeats that Ramona in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the chorus is so cool. There's so yeah. many like little flourishes. And then, uh, I, I love how um, uh, Jimmy's drums, you know, the the drum groove is a bop. And like, I feel like there's a really cool, when the kick drum comes in, it has this little like compression type of sound that's so cool. Yeah, it's the kick drum, but it's got like a yeah digital affectation, or maybe it is like a you know a drum pad as opposed to like analog drums. But it's yeah, yeah I I love it. It's 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 almost. I was thinking about how, um, you know, I've seen some people kind of criticizing these new songs because you know from the point of view of like you got Jimmy Chamberlain, one of the greatest drummers ever and you're not using you're using like drum machine or you're you know you're not yeah. he's, you're not hearing him but i couldn't disagree more yeah first of all you do hear him on the drum kit in sort of a classic way on the other track which we'll get to but um i think it's so cool and to hear jimmy kind of talk recently in that interview at length about the process and about like what he and billy and the band particularly he and Billy because you know he he those two have been the most constant collaborators of of everybody you know of, yeah of all the people in the band but it's it, he's he's a thoughtful dude he's a really good drummer he's he's not just a rock drum he thinks about you know he thinks about drumming um a lot and it's almost like this is him doing like um you know it's like a cubism take on Jimmy Chamberlain's drumming or something. It's like oh, stripped yeah. down, it, it, but it's stripped down. It's not like um, fully fleshed out or like, it, it, you know, it, it's not like a full drum kit, like drum solo type of thing, but it is like, it's, I don't know. It captures what's great about him, but in a, I think it's a really cool, um, I think it's a really cool move what they're, what they're doing. Yeah, I think we talked about this just from revisiting the albums about how tasteful uh, Jimmy's drumming is. And then with those interviews, you know, he talks about like how they do it for whatever, you know, the way he approaches drums for Pumpkins is what's best for the song. Right. And I think that like we've seen proof of that just recently when we're covering Melancholy and just some of the songs of like To Forgive or um, In the Arms of Sleep of just how he knows the perfect compliment to what the song is. And I feel like that for sure for these songs, especially on this song, Ramona, because I, I get more of a sense of Jimmy's playing on this mm-hmm. than maybe on Seer. Um, yeah. But I does feel like in the same vein of Seer, uh, but it, it's, it's, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought like the drums are great. I love the, like, um, by the way, you know, RIP Eddie Van Halen, one of the greatest of mm-hmm. all time. Um, 
that that it kind of reminded me that keyboard part kind of reminded me of a Eddie Van Halen, you know, uh, keyboard solo that he would do, you know, like yeah, during that. Totally, totally. <laughs> it's got that attitude, that sort of. Um, yeah, you could tell virtuoso that. type of yeah, show exactly. off, but yeah, also there, rocks. Totally, and, and like sort of a, um, you know, there, there's definitely like nods to, you know, uh, that era or that. Yeah, not even that era. Like, because Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen was sort of, you know, you think of him in terms of an era, but really he was like a guy who stepped in and sort of changed the way people thought about guitar playing. But, um, well, he, I mean, yeah. but he, you know, during that time of like, you know, uh, jump and all that stuff, like they were, uh, you know, David Lee Roth was like against the fact that they were using keyboards, but Eddie Van Halen was like, no, man, like we, we gotta, uh, this again, like parallels with Billy, I think just being like, mm-hmm. we gotta keep it fresh, we gotta do something new. And since he was, he, since he was such an amazing, uh, pianist too because he's classically trained uh you know it it added freshness to the sound of van halen and i kind of feel like that's what the type of mentality that billy has with these songs of just being like we're moving forward while still giving nods to our past you could still have a keyboard solo and still fucking rock you know (laughs) totally and another similarity i think with just like um you know, and I know Billy looks up to these bands and it, like like a Van Halen, you know, like, um, but the the idea of being like musically experimental and like moving yourself forward, but also not being afraid to be a little fun. Like, I oh, think yeah. In the, in the grand scheme of things, people probably don't look at Billy and think like there's a fun guy. But like, <laughs> I think they're really having fun on these tracks. Like, That's it's it's yeah yeah it's contagious i think that's something we tell performers you know pat and i come from an improv and sketch comedy background and and also directing actors and stuff for shorts and movies and stuff that we do and uh one of the things that we we've known from that world is just being like if you're enjoying it if you're having fun Mm -hmm. the audience immediately is drawn to you they they're having fun you can smell there's just blood in the water when you can just tell when somebody's not into it or doesn't believe in the material and it really is hard to to gravitate towards but these songs i feel like you could just feel the freshness you can feel the fun of it and it's like i think it's paying off pretty big because people seem to be either coming back around or like there's new fans that are coming on board i don't know it just feels really exciting to me totally and yeah and the opposite is true when when or the opposite of of you know someone performing and you could tell they're having fun and it's contagious the opposite is like someone doing what they think they ought to be doing Mm. and it falls flat and it's sort of bloodless and lifeless and it's it's funny because i think a lot of people complain online that like you know when are you gonna sound like siamese dream again or whatever like that would suck like we're not gonna get you know what i mean like you, you can't purely repeat yourself and have it be artistically like you know uh juicy the way the original thing was it just doesn't work it's just not where he is and like why would you want to force him to do that if he's not into it yeah you the person calling for that wouldn't like it as much and no and no one would you know yeah yeah if he were to ever do it which wouldn't happen anyway but i i love the song uh let's talk about the video uh what are your thoughts on the video the video was cool. I was surprised to see, or pleasantly surprised to see sort of like a, you know, as we talked about last time, I look at everything that gets made during COVID times. And <laughs> I, I can't help but look at it from like a production standpoint and yeah. just wonder like what went into it. And so this was obviously more of like a real video shoot um, that, well, I mean, they did a good job on the Sear video too, but you could, it was like a little bit more. Um, yeah enclosed spaces this is uh, like land panoramic landscape you know old west type of stuff so yeah. i was i was impressed by it i've watched it i think only two times um so i've i've kind of absorbed the storyline but uh-huh. yeah i thought it was pretty cool um what, what were your thoughts on it i mean i love the look uh it's funny that you mentioned that too because i was kind of thinking about like oh man because I, I'm currently working on something where we have to follow a lot of COVID guidelines, and it's mm-hmm. um, 
Oh, it's impossible. Like it's, uh, it's amazing that anything is getting filmed and made and it's really walking a tightrope. Um, but I, you know, it's a close group of people that Linda works with a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like they, they, it seemed like uh, from what I read about the, um, behind the scenes that they felt they had to follow a lot of guidelines still, but you know, they were able to make something that looked tr- like a traditional video. kind of gave me a little bit of like, uh, personal Jesus meets, you know, spaghetti Western, mm-hmm. you know, type of vibes. I think Linda has a great eye. I know people, there are fans who, um, always like to kind of criticize her and stuff and the relationship, the creative relationship she has with Billy. But I loved those uh, shiny videos, you know, on the tour. I thought mm-hmm. they were excellent. And I think she has such a fantastic eye um, because there are certain shots in that video that are just absolutely gorgeous. It looks great. Yeah, I agree. One of my favorite shots that that I, I, I feel that about is the, um, I think it's, it's, not actually outdoors i think it's green screen but it's the the sort of um the when sh- when the protagonist and then the other woman are riding the uh rocking horse oh yeah mechanical horse like again just in profile it's just, it's it's a really cool shot i love that shot yeah just things like that just feel fun to me and it's got like a, a kind of like the reason i brought up uh like personal jesus is just because it kind of gives me that like sexy you mm-hmm. know dark vibe you know with the dancers and everything and uh the guy who is almost like i i labeled him lil billy um because <laughs> he almost seems like a stand-in for billy uh, uh yeah the yeah. guy in the video uh but he Good looks call. familiar Do, did you recognize him he looked vaguely familiar i i didn't um I'm, i actually have the video sort of like here, hold on. I have it. So everybody sit tight while we just watch the video uh, in full, in silence, yeah, and then we'll come back tight. with our thoughts. <laughs> okay, there's Billy. There's the guy. I'm looking at the guy. He does look familiar. Um, I was trying to put I my finger exactly. on it. Yeah. I wonder, do you know if um, some of the um, dancers in this video or if the, the, the woman who was in the Seer video is also in this video? Well, Mosh, the main... Uh, actor actress was um, is in it, and mm-hmm. who was also the star of like so that's the her. shiny. Okay. Yeah, she was also the star of the shiny uh, videos. Mm-hmm. Other protagonists, which uh, again, like I just love uh, those videos. I was just thinking about them last night about like how cool they to see some of those visuals with the songs, like the one for mayonnaise and the one for the beginning as the end as the beginning, and just. Really yeah cool. we um we've talked about it but we d- we it would be great to get um linda strawberry on the show and, and talk i would her. love that i i tell you i tell you right now i'd be intimidated as hell but uh <laughs> you know but i think that would be a great get it would be cool yeah yeah we should uh work on that i mean you usually lead those interviews anyway you're great uh you're great with that <laughs> well i would i mean just like because i you know as a um as a visual artist who is you know influenced by i would say i'm influenced by the pumpkins it just i've always i always have been just in terms of um like artwork you know like visual art i think like you know as we've talked about many times but their their artwork and their videos made such a strong impression on me that um you know it's a it's yeah i feel like we would we would have a a ton to talk to talk about yeah i think uh overall i really i like the video i think it's cool i think um i wonder what set they used i because there's so many sets around like outside of la that have like the old west desert Mm -hmm. you know mission style uh sets that you can rent and shoot on i actually shot one last year at one that was in joshua tree some of you might have probably seen the commercial for fistful of bourbon uh but it's on (laughs) on hulu or youtube yeah i saw um i yeah i I remember seeing photos of you in costume for that it it wasn't the same place though i don't think so it looked like it at first i thought it was the same place but i don't think it is um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think uh I love this. I mean, I think I love the 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 way it looks. the The colors pop so well. Um, I, I I wonder if just kind of uh, staying on topic with Ramona itself, because remember when he announced the twenty fifth or the the anniversary tour, the or the melancholy era tour, 
mm-hmm. uh, in the double album that's the the spiritual sequel. He had mentioned, he said, oh, there's a character you have yet to meet that plays into the double album, the the sequel album. And I wonder if Ramona is one of them. And we have Seer, but I wonder if Ramona is that character. That's a good, that's a good thought. Yeah. And also, isn't, isn't uh, Ramona or wasn't Ramona a song that was said to have been kicked around like five years ago, like post monuments uh, that was oh, meant to be on that for the day for album. night yeah. uh stuff yeah i remember reading that somewhere i don't know too much about the origin of it but um yeah yeah that i mean that would only support that for me if if ramona is like somebody who's been you know kicking around in his brain for a long time yeah uh somebody on the q a last night asked like who ramona was and he said ramona is you <laughs> well there you go uh, so, uh, those, any other kind of final quick thoughts on Ramona? Yeah, I, I, I think that, that, that covers it for me. Cool. And now it's on to which. At first, I thought um, in my mind, it was spelled. I knew it was spelled funny, and there were multiple letters in a row. But I thought it was witch with like two or three Y's. Um, but yeah. it's actually W Y T T C H. Either way, great spelling. Yeah, I. No, I it's W Y. Wait, no, it's not. W Y T T C H. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was reading my own notes, my own. And you Which, added like five Y's and yeah. eight H's and two C's. And, <laughs> and it doesn't even start with a W. You just totally fucked no. it all up. Yeah. No, yeah. It says, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it yeah, says it says Uptown says, Girl. It says Heim, the, the band Heim. That's what it ends up spelling. Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts on this song. I, I, I really dig it. I like, I mean, Okay, so my thoughts were, um, it definitely made me think about AFI, which I think we've talked about how some of the recent stuff it feel, you know, that there's a relationship there, which I think is a, is a good match, you know, um, it it just the content and the lyrics like made me think of you know um, afi or like you know the some of afi's like influences your you know danzig type of stuff it also and i don't know exactly why but it it, upon first listen i was thinking okay this is like afi spooky i like it halloween they're going there but it also gave me this feeling of like it reminded me of gish in some strange way or like it took me back to that maybe it's just the sound there's like sort of an early nineties, um, just the riff it, it t- is sort of reminiscent of like early nineties stuff. So it just made me think of that era, even if it was like other bands that I was thinking of, but yeah, it, it, I don't know that I, I can't describe it well beyond that, but it, um, something about it made me think of like vintage pumpkins. It had an early nineties vibe for me. And it might be just like uh, it sounds like um, doom, 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 doom. It, it, I don't know, like uh, <laughs> Rage Against the Machine or like uh, yeah, uh, just other stuff from from that time period. Yeah, I I feel like I I love. I mean, I I really love this song. I think uh, kind of what you said earlier. I think my two favorites so far are Birch Grove and Witch. Mm-hmm. And I really think. I mean, it's cool that Billy's Kid is on it too. Uh, that's fun. At the beginning, you hear a little mm-hmm. bit of him, uh, and I think uh, to me, it's, it feels like almost like Led Zeppelin, <laughs> Black Sabbath, uh, with right. a little bit of Tool, but then also meets Live and Let Die with the strings and every the the sweeping cinematic feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um. I just again like I said it just feels fresh it just feels like um I love the uh the 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 heavy ass bass and the guitar 
and mm-hmm. it just feels sweeping and cinematic and it just kind of one of those things that I always love about uh, you hear me use that term a lot when I was talking about like Porcelina or mm-hmm. Through the Eyes of Ruby and it kind of feels like it's carrying on that tradition in a new fresh way Definitely. that they have never sounded like before but it's there because that riff is just so fucking sick you know it's uh, mm-hmm. really cool and it's really you get in that you get hooked in that groove and then it just made me kind of depressed listening to it because I was like I want to see this live so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I was just imagining what that would sound like with that live stage show, just how that would look and sound. And it just kind of made me bummed out a little bit, just being like, uh, I, I really, really want to see this song live. I just know it'd yeah. be just so brutal and so epic. And I, I just really, I love it. It's fun. It's, you know, I know some people might be turned off by the lyrics. I don't know. I haven't seen anybody uh critical of the lyrics if anything people are into especially with the you know when it dropped you know on halloween weekend Mm -hmm. uh but man i i I really i really really dig this song yeah and i feel like those two songs you mentioned birch grove and and witch those sort of to me are like the they encompass the sort of scope of all the different sounds that these new songs contain you know it's like it's or, or yeah the sound and the attitude and the there's like a i think there's something about this song that is remarkable about just the kind of attitude too there's like a it's like a decision to kind of go there in terms of like we're gonna make a spooky song <laughs> you know what i mean like we're gonna like <laughs> it, it, it's there's like uh you know i don't know there's like a lightheartedness to it which sounds weird because it's talking about you know spooky stuff but there's also like this kind of like playful like i don't know queen elements like this kind of rock opera like yeah you know different like movements in the song and the hey like it it's you know it's um there's a theatricality to it which um is is kind of shines through on some other tracks too but it's yeah it's it's um it's really like going there in terms of, of like uh, throwing everything like into the mix, you know, all, all the influences and all the, you know, it just seems like they're doing what they want to do right at this moment. Right. It feels like you're taking like the rock of something like bodies and giving it the whimsy of we only come out at night. You know, it's like mm-hmm. almost like marrying those styles yeah. And you get something like this kind of grand and epic. And like I said, like it kind of reminds me of like a live and let die type Definitely. of arrangement. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And we I was we were talking about the I did see some people talking shit. I looked I just googled like um like a it was like a rolling it was just, just sort of a press release about these new songs coming out, you know, how like, uh-huh. it basically everybody every outlet just reports the same same <laughs> yeah. language um but it's the pr at, release yeah press release. yeah, yeah. And, and it was kind of tacked on to the previous last you know the the sequel album announcement and stuff but people were talking shit there was like a lot of hate in i don't know if it was the rolling stone article comment section and people were talking like criticizing Somebody had a big problem with how he pronounced Sam Hain because it's not the real like Celtic uh, you know, pronunciation or whatever. Yeah, hey, g- you know, get a life. Who cares? But um, and then yeah, people were like criticizing the music. How it's people. There was a lot of hate. It it made me wonder like, what, okay, who are these readers who are have strong opinions about the Pumpkins? but are using this like little Rolling Stone article comment <laughs> section to really let loose for five other people who are all, I, I don't know. It was, it was interesting, but um. it's that whole, like, I mean, you see it whenever, whenever like stereo gum or, um, you know, mm-hmm. consequence of sound or any of these like places, music publications or pitchfork will, post about a new song and then of course these people who had only like they only know the singles or they have only like or have no interest in the band whatsoever they just can't help themselves but comment mm-hmm. and then you have the people who are just kind of like the purest of just being like no they, the only good albums are these two albums and they're always going to criticize anything that's new um, yeah and it feels like yeah i mean like that's just always going to be the case i mean like we know like even with I mean, the Reddit stuff that we've come across has been 
for the most part, pretty positive, but there are mm-hmm. certain message boards that still exist that are decaying that just have the worst dregs of opinions of just, they're just stuck in a certain period or they just love being shit stirs and mm-hmm. love just wallowing in their own shit. So if that, yeah. if I sound bitter, then that's whatever. I just think that there's nothing, there's no value to, and you know, it's the internet. <laughs> you know, it's just right, like, right. you know, just as we, I mean, the difference is that we have microphones and we have put out a podcast, but you know, we're at least coming at it from a critical angle that, um, you know, that at least kind of gives a little bit more thought than just being like, this sucks or this is awesome. Right. Yeah. You know? And I, I, you know, I don't want to sit here and be like a total, like, I, you know, I, I, we have opinions. We have, we don't think everything is, is like, you know, I, there will be stuff we talk about on this podcast that, that I, you know, don't like as much in their catalog as other stuff. But yeah, I feel like I'm excited to be in it for the long haul you know like i feel like yeah. we made the decision to like follow this band and continue to follow them and it's definite and if you can sort of do that if you want to do that and if it which which includes like i want to see what they do next you know what i mean yeah like, so and that's that's a much more fun place to be than tortured by the fact that oh this band hasn't sounded the way i wanted it to in years and it drive it makes me miserable but like yeah you know it's like you don't have you i feel like i, I guess all i'm trying to say is we're not just yes men about it like we have opinions and some some are critical and whatever but it's it's almost like a waste of your time to to be a fan of something just to make yourself miserable if you you know yeah. like if you really hate it that <laughs> much I waste your time get off board go do something else yeah be creative uh make your own music or yeah. art right i think yeah, yeah it's funny cuz like again like doing the, the journey of doing this podcast has made me and just with what billy said recently about the idea of smashing pumpkins has made me come about like come approach the band in a new light of being like oh yeah this is like our Neil Young or Bob Dylan were like some of the stuff you're going to be really into and some of the stuff it's like, well, they're trying stuff out. You're not going to really follow them down, but mm-hmm. you're going to maybe come back with another album or another. There's a journey. There's just like, there's an idea there that's being explored in that to, to only focus on one area of it. Then it's like, well, yeah, then you have that album. Mm-hmm. Like you have that. You right. don't have to complain about the fact that it's not that album anymore. You, you have that you always will have that yeah it's you know? not going anywhere it's it's time it's yeah it's eternally available to you and it, you know the, yeah just in, enjoy that ease off all that to say i think witches I, I these new two singles are really fresh i really like them i i think it, the album is already shaping up to be one of my favorites and it's it's i'm really excited for this direction and i i really am excited to hear what even the second I mean, we only have heard the first, you know, most, we were only missing two songs from the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, we have no idea what the second half is even going to yeah, sound like. Which definitely supports the the theory or the, just the, you know, the idea that it's going to be sort of, you know, its own thing, its own, you know, it, it may sound different. It may be a different sort of like conceptual vibe. I'm sure it'll, they'll tie together obviously, but um, yeah, yeah I guess we'll I, see. I'm really curious because all of these songs that we've heard so far, there's a, they feel of a, of a piece, they feel connected. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's, it's, it's cool too. It's a good move too, because the way they're rolling out these songs, which is sort of the new way of rolling out songs yeah. in, the, in the streaming music era it, it the fact that they're all from one half sort of saves you from the idea of feel it from like the surprise being gone when the album actually comes out oh, you yeah. know it'll still be a big surprise it'll still be a whole lot of new music to to um to experience at once so it's yeah it's nice how we've we're like warming up to these songs over time but yeah there's still a whole half of the thing that we don't know about yeah man so excited um so uh, just some other like little things that came out this week. Uh, there's a fantastic Bowie tribute show that's going to happen in January that Ma- yeah. Mike Garson 
put together with Trent Reznor, uh, you know, another person we talk a lot about on this podcast because mm-hmm. we love him. But also, you know, uh, Billy, of course, is one of the headlining uh, acts of this. And it makes perfect sense because he and Bowie had a good relationship during his life, you know, when he was alive. Uh, and this just tribute just sounds awesome. It sounds really great. And they have a lot of great merch and bundles that you can buy uh, online to, I, I, I'm, I'm still deciding if I'm going to get a ticket for this. It just kind of depends on where, what my schedule is, but, um, mm-hmm. it looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely does. And I feel like we've even talked about like, what is Billy and Trent Reznor's sort of like connection? What does their relationship look like? But David Bowie is a big, he, you know, David Bowie kind of gave both of those, they had relationships, but he kind of, like he was a mentor of approval to yeah he he they yes yeah which is like a fucking um yeah that's a pretty lofty seal of approval i mean to be like and bowie like he he bowie you know david um david oh sorry go ahead i'll let you finish yeah he didn't give that to everybody you know what i mean like he he i remember reading something about how um when he was, you know, alive sometime in the last, I don't know, 15 years or something, Coldplay sent him a song and was <laughs> right. like, we want you to do, we want you to be on this song, sing this song with us, David. And he responded, <laughs> he responded something to the effect of, well, the thing is, it just isn't a very good song, isn't it, mate? Or something, you know, something yeah. like that. Like he didn't get, all that to say is like, as cool and supportive of younger artists as David Bowie was, he didn't he didn't dole it out to just anybody who was popular and younger than him. Right. I think the funny part about that story is Chris Martin was like, "Yeah, you're right." Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pretty lame. Yeah. Uh, it's it's actually pretty yeah uh, bad. Um, yeah, but like for for I know for Trent especially, he helped him through his drug addiction and you know, mm-hmm. all the, like the self-destructive time that he was going through. And I know with Billy, he offered some really sage advice for his career and for his music. And I mean, I mean, David Bowie, just, you can't, it's just like, I, I kind of like have a very Bowie and Prince are just kind of up there for me mm-hmm. as just like gods, yeah. you know? And I think that, um, I, I, did you see that trailer for the IFC, uh, films biopic? Oh no, for David Bowie. Yeah, I heard it was in the works, but I I haven't seen the trailer. I didn't realize there was one yet. It's not great uh, because, well, one, the family, uh, Bowie's family, did not sign off on it. So you, I they know can't... his son was against it. I, I remember yeah. reading a while ago, and they can't use any of the music. And no, no disrespect to the guy playing Bowie, but it just didn't. I just wasn't feeling it. You know, I might. I think I'll I'll skip it. Yeah, I the yeah. fact that his like his his family's against it the fact that i think you know i was impressed with the elton john rocket man one i liked it it was a musical they wove in yeah it was, it was a cool. jukebox it was musical like experimental it was he was heavily involved yeah you know i think that's the way to do it like get if 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 the artist is alive and you know wants to have input and like has sort of a take on it but the sort of plug and play like musical biopic does not do justice to David Bowie. He was too anti, um, you know, he was too much of a nonconformist and creatively to fit accurately into that, um, that model, you know, he just like, it just, he's an actor too. He acted too. You know, like it's like, you can't, you can't possibly, you can't do any, I just don't, I wouldn't see any value in it that was better than sitting down and watching or listening to his actual work. You know, yeah. I'd rather spend two hours exactly. just listening to or watching him in something else. I also like gets to that point. Like I didn't like Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought Rami Malek was great, but I did not like that movie whatsoever. As a, as a, you know, a, a queen fan, I, I really didn't uh, care for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's just a kind of revisionist or like, you know things that they exclude that just it just didn't feel great to me. I, I think it did a disservice to the band and to Freddie Mercury. But um, that aside, Bowie's son is a great director. Um, right. The movie Moon is one of the best kind of underrated movies that he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I didn't really care for the Netflix movie that he did, but um, which Moon? Was that? What? 
What was the Netflix one? Uh, I'm trying to remember the name. It's, it's, it's with Paul Rudd and Justin Thoreau. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I did not like that one, but I loved Moon. And that the movie Moon connects to this in a kind of um, roundabout way. It kind of lives in the same universe, and there's uh, references to it. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, Duncan Jones. I like him. He's yeah. he seems like a cool guy. I follow him on Twitter, and I like his. Um, he's he's like he's if he's got sort of an arm's length, very charming sort of like he like defensiveness of his father's. Like I remember <laughs> after Bowie died, um, they did, and I really like Lady Gaga. Generally speaking, I think she's she's good, but that she did sort of like a medley tribute to him where it was like uh-huh. all the hits and she sort of dressed it. And he kind of like on Twitter was like, guys, this is not what my dad was about. Like my dad was not about like medleys and like a Macy's day parade version of his own career. You know, like, right. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, pick a song that, yeah. Anyway, we don't have to, we don't have to, <laughs> Yeah, we don't have to shit talk the night the two, 2016 Grammys. Right now, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Take that four <laughs> years later. Um, but anyway, other other stuff to kind of mention the merch. Uh, we didn't get to mention all the merch that came out for the 25th anniversary. Uh, did you snag anything from that? I had just I had like a month prior. I had just bought a new melancholy T-shirt, just kind of a regular one, which yeah, it made me feel like well, maybe I should have waited, but. I haven't yet, but I haven't ruled it out yet either. But I have. Yeah. I figure I haven't really even worn this new melancholy T-shirt that I got, so I'm gonna give it a beat. But there's some cool stuff, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, only because I just got a new job, I <laughs> foolishly dropped uh, eighty dollars on that. We only come out at night sweater and cool sweater. Well, here's the thing. I, I yes, I agree, but I. I totally looked at it wrong and in my panic to get it because the Huff stuff uh, made me paranoid of like, oh, this shit's going to sell out immediately. Uh, I thought that the back was the front and the front was the back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I mean, it's still going to be cool. Also, uh, the Huff uh, restocked their stuff this week with a limited run. And uh, your boy tried to get a a Starla shirt. No luck. But guess what? You snagged. I got one. Oh, you did? Yeah, I was able. I, I checked in like just on a whim later that day, and it was in stock. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna get it." And Check it came that. in the mail yesterday, and uh, it looks good. And I look forward to being uh, very self conscious that maybe I'm not pulling it off. <laughs> nah, dude. <laughs> you, you're you, yeah. Well, I'm still. I still got my eye on. I gotta see if they. That skateboard deck. I think I deck. signed up to be notified when the skateboard deck comes out. Oh man, so I sweet. I have not been. I have not been notified yet. Yeah. Um, and then uh, let's see. Oh, I wanted to point this out because one of our listeners pointed this out, and rightly so. Uh, you know, w- you know, we we do this podcast for free. It's ad free. We bring it to you, and like we're open to uh, constructive criticism. And this one listener brought up the fact that I said grunge a lot in the uh, Melancholy, the first uh, disc episode. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You're right. You're right. I meant to say grunge era. And listening back to it, I was cringing every time I would say grunge because pumpkins are not grunge. You know, they are alternative. it sounded like you were describing the band. I mean, it sounded like I was talking about Alice in Chains as opposed to Smashing Pumpkins. But like it just, um, I mean, I just, that was one of the things when I was editing it. Uh, definitely kind of kept pointing out to me. So the fact that a listener pointed that out really made me like, I know you're right. <laughs> right, right. Well, hey, look, we're only human. Yeah. But yeah, I th- I think that's, yeah, whenever, when when we were talking about it, I'm sure I took it as like grunge era. Yeah. I probably have done the same thing. Anytime we say grunge in relation to the pumpkins, just know that we're, we're we mean grunge era. Um, era the label that was uh, attempted to be applied not what we <laughs> think it is yeah and also another listener uh, rightly pointed out about uh i kept using the term ocean size uh and there actually is a great band called ocean size that sounds like they're like kind of a <laughs> that does sound familiar now that you mentioned yeah it's a it's a heavy kind of like shoegaze uh type of band like in the in the way of hum uh, basically, but I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. I completely forgot about that band, but that's such a good, great name and description for the sound. Yeah, um, yeah. other things, Billy Movember show, uh, 
Yeah, I think that uh, you know uh, the the Woody Show, I believe, which is a radio program. Uh, I have no idea, and uh, so Pat, I was able to uh, get a ticket for this, and I sat down to watch it, and I didn't know there was going to be a forty minute interview ahead of time. And brother, like we talked about, we're dads, you know, and I, mm. I have to feed my child. I have to give them a bath and put them to bed. And, uh, I was mad because I wasn't able to watch the performances because I had to do that stuff. But then luckily the stream was left up afterwards and I was able to check it out. Yeah, I missed it. I tried to check it out after the fact, but to no avail, the stream had, but what is so it? Tell, tell me what, uh, what he played. So first of all, I just want to say, I did not appreciate the fact that I had to sit through their, uh, fucking, uh, ads for their show which no. offended me because like, yeah, whatever snowflake over here, but it's like, it's kind of like that. I know we're kind of riding the razor's edge of uh radio host as well with our jokes and stuff. And, you know, but there's just sure. a, a certain degree of like cheesy shit and like also broad, low hanging fruit that just like really, they were, sh they were promoting clips of the show beforehand. And as a Latino, I was very offended by the fact, I know they were talking about Looney Tunes, but they brought up Speedy Gonzalez and they were doing some of the voice. And I was just like, Ugh, yeah, you don't need to that. do this. I was pissed off about that, but that's just me. Um, and then just, they did this interview where it was fine. They were fine. And, you know, but it's just stuff that we all know and stuff. And they were really, and it's for a good cause. You know, you're talking to somebody who is a survivor of testicular cancer, who went through chemotherapy and all that stuff. And I really appreciate the cause, but I didn't care for the, the radio show in general or the host, um, the hostess. Um, it doesn't seem like, and I wasn't listening to it, but it doesn't, I can't imagine a sort of relevant or organic way for doing Speedy Gonzalez impressions to come well, up. And they were trying to talk about like the reboot too, about, how like it's they're like oh yeah looney tunes is looney tunes is probably going to be lame now i guess because it can't be like it used to can't but i'll tell racist. you what motherfuckers it is awesome i've seen it it's great it looks really <laughs> cool i i when does that come out by the way I've, it's I've already heard. out oh it is yeah my daughter and i've been watching i auditioned to be the voice of a few of those characters yeah i remember that i yeah. i follow the artist who um or one of the people who's worked on it on instagram one of the animators and it's it looks really cool the drawing style it seems like they threw back to like the yeah. 30s or something kind of dude the score and the animation it, it feels old school with like kind of new school jokes it's i i really like it um, but anyway, the show, it's the, so the performance itself, oh, I was going to mention, uh, in the, uh, interview though, he did mention, um, let's see what it, he mentioned uh, uh, their SNL performance, uh, <laughs> that they wanted to put a bunch of pumpkins on stage mm -hmm. and he said no. And it had to go through all this, like they had to like have the head of the network and all these other people sign off on it. And he said it was kind of funny with how much it had to go through with people being like, well, should we have the pumpkins on the stage or not? They don't want the pumpkins on the stage, which I thought was really, uh, really funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure SNL was like, we got the perfect thing for Halloween, which, you know, because <laughs> they always put like poinsettias out and like, yeah. you know, seasonal decor. Um, no, 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 not, yeah, not today. And they also, um, he got a little, uh, not upset, but he got defense, you know, cause of, uh, some, one of the hosts was like, uh, you know, oh yeah, it's very eighties, you know? And then of course Billy was like, well, not to argue with you, but you know, we are a band from the eighties and we're just kind of returning to our roots. It's not like a eighties sound type of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that aside, the performance itself was fantastic it was i was really uh it's just a, a stripped down acoustic set it was professionally filmed uh mixed the only problem is because it started with a uh, color of love um mm -hmm. and uh it sounds really great acoustic however there was like a glitch so there was like you don't get the full song because it was like buffering or there was a connection problem um but man the it sounds good they they also did seer later on or he did seer later on and it's just kind of amazing where it's like oh yeah he wrote these on acoustic for the most part first because mm -hmm. he talks yeah. about how the song has to be good but man they sound really great yeah that's and that's that's the one thing i've noticed as like um as these new songs are dropping and then the old one not the old ones but the the seer tracks that have been out for a while 
as we've talked about, it, there's this this thing that happens, I guess, with a lot of music, but particularly with pumpkin songs for me, where a little like a little bit of time that goes by, they really get in your bones, and they kind of like fe- like they feel these newish songs are starting to take on the kind of familiar like baked into my bloodstream kind of feeling in a great way of yeah. like it's part of the pumpkins catalog that I that I you know hold hold dear yeah I was just really excited to hear those because uh, I was wondering I was like oh what if he I wonder if he's gonna play any of the new songs acoustic and he did and they sounded awesome so he did he started with color of love and then he went into silvery sometimes ghost uh, which sounded mm-hmm. great then he played hard times uh, then he played perfect. Then 1979, and then a cover of Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here, which was so good and also was very emotional for me when I was just thinking about like, because one, it's a, it's a beautiful cover, but then also mm-hmm. just being like, oh, yeah, I wish we could all be together watching the pumpkins. Yeah, it's a very poignant song for right now. I remember, I think Miley Cyrus sang it on yeah. when we were doing the SNL episodes, like right. the at home ones last year. And it's, yeah, it is kind of a po- extra poignant during, uh, you know, when we're all isolated. Yeah. Uh, and then he followed it up with uh, Cry de Cure. I don't know. I'm so bad at pronouncing the French uh, yeah, language. Me too. But yeah, but it's. I took uh, Spanish. What's up? I took Spanish, so my, <laughs> if there's any French pronunciations that need doing in the house, I I give it to my wife because yeah. I'm all thumbs, baby. <laughs> and then uh, he followed up with Sear, which we talked about, and then he ended with Today. Nice, good yeah, set list. It, he talked about it being part of like a potential for an archive uh, release later. Uh, but I know it sucks because I know like uh, we tried to get you to see it so we could talk about it but um i don't know hopefully it's available in some format that we I'm can gonna maybe... hunt it down I'm yeah hunt we'll, it down. We'll, we'll try to cover it in a future episode somewhere down the line where we go into it more but uh, overall i thought it was just such a great performance it was just so good to hear i don't know it was just there was a lot of i feel like uh <laughs> the things that are keeping me sane right now between the new pumpkin singles, uh, getting that shirt in the mail and then seeing that performance and then seeing the Mandalorian last night. Like, uh, I just, it's, it's what's keeping me sane at the moment, mm-hmm. you know? It's yeah. Just like, it's, it's, it's nice to have, I mean, this podcast is part of that, but to have all the new material to, there's always something to do recently with, there's like an obvious next thing to cover, um, on this yeah. show, which has also been keeping me sane, you know, it's a place to focus and otherwise nervous energy you know yeah. which is good um speaking of the archive thing archive thing your boy did submit some artwork so nice yeah yeah cool we'll see how it goes i didn't really you know i i was only going off of what they what was posted on instagram not a lot of direction but i submitted like uh i had sort of a painting that i was working on that it was sort of unfinished and i kind of finished it in like a you know i was thinking about sharing it on instagram on our on our instagram but i also feel like maybe i should wait a minute to make sure it's you know i don't want to disqualify myself <laughs> leaking it or yeah i don't want to be a leaker it's like well that's not true because a lot of i think some people were crowdsourcing being like which one should i submit oh, uh, i saw yeah, maybe i will share it i don't know i get it it's like one of those things when like uh, people are asked to submit SNL tapes and they're like, well, do I post it online or do I, you know, uh, save it till after I didn't get the job? Well, or that's what that, I was so. thinking of. And we're probably paranoid because we've, we know, you know, for, I mean, you, you included have been a part of this SNL process, but like it right. is finicky. It's like, you don't want to, you know, I've heard of people we know sort of like getting really close and then they talked about it prematurely and it was bad and you know dude what yeah when i was going through it and i i went through all the meetings and i had had my meeting with lauren and all that stuff and uh during that whole time up until they the week where they hired pete davidson and then they were like sorry you're not getting it this year they were like don't talk about this process at all it wasn't until Mm -hmm. like four years later after the fact that i auditioned and went through all that that i was able to talk about it on a podcast mm-hmm. and I like, went through yeah. my whole thing. But um, yeah, if you want to listen to that, uh, look up the need to fail with Don Finelli. 
It's two and a half hours of me talking about my SNL audition experience. Um, yeah, great podcast, and yeah, great, yeah. great episode. Um, so yes. So speaking of um, speaking of SNL, we circled it all back. Oh yeah, Where there we go. Halloween. Uh, so yeah, anything else you want to bring up? Um, no, I mean, I, I, you know, um, I guess, uh, you guys probably don't need us to tell you this, but you know, vote if you haven't, if you live yeah. in the U S and you're physically able, but you know, I guess it's annoying for everybody, for the hosts of your favorite smashing pumpkins podcast to be like, Hey, vote. But you know what? Just in case you forgot, go out and go out and vote. Right. Um, yeah, we we said we were going to do 40 minutes and we're over an hour, but that's fine. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this little mini up and hopefully you're enjoying the singles and we want everybody out there to have a fun and safe Halloween and just make sure that like, hey, let's take care of each other. Let's be great. Let's be excellent to each other. And uh, with that, we will wish you a farewell and a good night. Bye.